Welcome back to That's Cool. And today I'm going to be going over my my draft, my fantasy football draft. I told you guys in my last episode that I would go over my fantasy football draft that I had with my friends yesterday, which was a 10-man PPR, full PPR league. So let's just talk about the draft. I'm going to tell you guys my thought process with my picks and give you guys my team. So here we go. So I had the first pick in this draft, um, something I did not want. I really did not want the first pick. I kind of wanted seven or eight. I wanted a later pick. I felt like the later rounds this year were at an extreme advantage compared to the earlier picks. That was my personal opinion, but it ended up working a plan for me. I feel like my draft, my draft board, everything felt perfectly for a lot of rounds. I'm very happy with my draft. Um, I don't think I could have drafted any better than this. I picked all the players that I wanted. I was preparing a pick. There's only one pick that I'm not hundred percent, you know, I'm glad I got, but anyway, let's just talk about it. So my, my first pick, obviously I had the first pick. If you listen to last episode, you would have learned that I was taking Christian McCaffrey pretty easily. I, I basically said, Hey, if you have the first pick, I take Christian McCaffrey. So I took CMC at one and then, you know, JT went second. Uh, Justin Jefferson went three in my league, which I feel like was very early, but then, you know, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Cup, Dalvin, Najee, you know, Typical, your typical uh, first round picks. And then Alvin Kamara went at nine. Me personally, I don't know if I would have taken Kamara at nine. I would have maybe went Joe Mixon over Kamara, but this is the the person who took Alvin Kamara. That was his strategy. He wanted Kamara and then the next player. So, I mean, hey, he, he's working with his strategy. Can't hate it. Kamara's definitely not terrible, but I would have probably preferred Joe Mixon than Mixon was the first round. So the first round kind of went as expected. I'd say a lot more running backs went in the first round than I anticipated. I thought a lot more wide receivers would have went. So if you guys listened to my last episode, you knew my strategy was I'm going to be trying to get running back with CMC. So when I see a bunch of running backs going early in the first round and late first round, it's not ideal for me. I would have loved to see more like Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase go in some of those 8, 9, 10 spots to try and push running backs further out to me. But obviously, it didn't work out like that. So in the second round, we obviously saw Jamar, Kelsey, Swift, Diggs, Saquon. Saquon. That's the big one. When Saquon went with pick 15, man, it was tough. Really tough. So that was a great pick by one of my buddies. He picked him. Great pick. But I was pretty pissed at that because I wanted Saquon to fall. And now if you're me, right, you want to take a running back. Who are the only running backs really available? Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, James Conner, right? Those five guys. And we still got to get through four more players before they even fall to me. So I was getting a little bit nervous here. I didn't know what to really expect. I was kind of looking at the board and I'm thinking, I don't really want to have to take Debo. I don't want to take Reek. You know, I don't want to take CD. I, you know, I want to take a running back because I feel like the elite running backs, there's not many of them, so I wanted one. So then Devontae went, CD went, Tyreek went, and Debo went. Lucked me out. Right? I got very lucky. So I took Aaron Jones here. So basically CMC and Aaron Jones were my first two picks. Now, I'm not extremely high on Aaron Jones. I know Aaron Jones, he'll have a good year considering the wide receiving core for the Green Bay Packers is pretty bad, and Aaron Jones does get a lot of targets and a lot of perceptions in an NFL PPR. That's what I like. The only downside with Aaron Jones is obviously A.J. Dillon in the red zone, most likely getting the touches, which is something that bothers me. 
But I would have rather had Aaron Jones than Nick Chubb. I would have rather had Aaron Jones over Leonard Fournette. And I would have rather had him over Javante Williams. I feel like Aaron Jones was the best running back on the board. He was the safest running back on the board. And I feel like I had to take him. So it wasn't a horrible pick. It wasn't the end of the world type pick for me. But I had to take him. Then earlier in the first or the second round, excuse me, Travis Kelsey went. Travis Kelsey went with the same player who took Alvin Kamara. Two picks that I like Kelsey. I think he won't be the finishes tight end one. I think he'll finish his tight end two. But I do like Kelsey. And I ended up taking in Mark Andrews because that was my strategy all along. That was a player that on my last episode I told you guys I'm not going to tell you who it is because I know some people, list, maybe one of my buddies were listening to this and then take advantage of that. So I didn't want that to happen. So I took Mark Andrews with my third pick. Very early for a tight end. I know in first pick of the third round you're taking a tight end. When you could have had Nick Chubb, Fournette, you know what I mean, Keenan Allen. But I felt like for my team, it was important to get that dynamic tight end. And especially in a 10-man league, full PPR, if you can get an advantage over tight end, you're, you know what I mean, you're at a big advantage if you can get a tight end. So I was very pleased with that. I'm not going to go over every single pick. But then when my friends took Kyle Pitts with his third round pick, and he went middle of the line third. So he went in about pick 35. And when I see Kyle Pitts go, that's when I was like, okay, I know I made the right decision because what's going to happen? Tight ends are going to start to come off the board. People are going to realize, hey, Kittle's left, Waller's left. That's really it for elite tight ends. They're going to have to go. And if Mark Andrews was still there, Mark Andrews would have went instead of Pitts. So I think that I made the right decision there taking Mark Andrews at three. Maybe a little bit of an early pick for me, maybe a little bit of a reach, but I really think it was the right pick. So as we continue, you know, Kittle went in the fourth round, first pick of the fourth round. One of my buddies got Dalvin Cook, Diggs, and Keenan Allen. He took Keenan Allen with his third pick. I like that wide receiver core. I like those three players. Definitely with those three, I'd say definitely very, very good floors. The ceiling on some of those guys, though, is questionable. Like the ceiling on Keenan Allen, I'd say is questionable. And I'd say the ceiling on Stephon Diggs is kind of questionable. But other than that, I think they're great picks. And then as that third round continued, Cam Akers went, Montgomery went, Pittman went, Evans went. This isn't an order. This is just, you know, who went. Um, Waller ended up going too. So when Waller went off the board, that's when I, you know, I was confident that, hey, I'm I made the right decision taking Mark Andrews because I made two other players take tight ends and push other players, or me and my other friend who took Kyle Pitts, made two other players take tight ends and push more people down the draft board, right? So then Jerry Judy went after Waller. And when Jerry Judy went, I thought, okay, that's very interesting. I definitely like Jerry Judy, but there are still players like Mike Williams, Travis Etienne, St. Brown was still on the board, DK, Brees Hall, right? I don't know if I would have went Jerry Judy here. I know the player will probably back up his decision saying that, hey, he's going to have a beast year with Russell Wilson, but what if it's Cortland Sutton who's really going to be the guy who has the beast year? Or what if Russell Wilson just spreads the ball out nicely and none of them really pop, right? None of them really pop. I I doubt those situations will happen, but at the end of the day, I feel like Jerry Judy was a reach here especially with his team. He already had Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Fournette. So if it was me personally, I think I would have went running back here. But 
He went with Jerry Judy, and it is what it is. Then the player before me, before my back-to-back, he went with Mike Williams. I was so happy he took Mike Williams because I wanted Travis Etienne so bad, and Travis Etienne fell to me with the first pick of the uh, or the last pick of the fourth round. I was very happy to see him fall there. I did not think he would fall, but I am very fortunate that he fell. I'm hoping that Travis Etienne can kind of have a DeAndre Swift-like year in Jacksonville from what I've been told, from what I've been hearing. I believe that he will have that type of year in Jacksonville. So that's a huge plus. Tremendous upside with him. As you can see with my first three picks, or my first four picks, excuse me, it's all upside. Christian McCaffrey, all upside. Or Adam Jones, or Aaron Jones, excuse me, all upside. Hoping that you know he gets a lot of the receptions, carries. Mark Andrews, you're banking on his upside that he'll finish his tight end one. And ETN, banking on huge upside. That's something that you're going to realize a lot with my picks. I went all upside in this draft. So, and I actually kind of got lucked out taking ETN because one of my friends, he was picking before me at the uh, middle or somewhat early fourth round. He was picking fourth in the fourth round and he was showing me who he was thinking about. And it was between David Montgomery, ETN, and I think another receiver. I don't remember exactly what receiver it was, but he was looking at a receiver. And when I saw ETN there, I was like, oh crap, you know, like, I don't know, man, you know, do what's best for you, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I was hoping that he didn't take ETN and this is a player that I would have expected to, to take ETN, but he didn't take ETN, um, so it is what it is. In years prior, I convinced him to take Gibson over Najee Harris in last year's draft, but nevertheless, he ended up going with David Montgomery and I somehow got lucky to take ETN in the fourth round. Then with my back-to-back pick, I reached a little bit here. I did reach. There were some definitely some wide receivers on the board that I probably could have taken before this player, but I knew for a fact, hey, if I don't take this player now, he's not following me for my next back-to-back. It's just not happening, right? So I went with Omarad St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. I took him probably a little bit early with my fifth pick, but I thought, hey, his upside is through the roof. He's on an offense now with... Hawkinson and Swift, he's probably the second or third option on that team. That's fine. But the way that he closed out his 2021 campaign, there's no way that the Detroit Lions do not utilize him the same way they did prior. He's going to absolutely pop off. I can't wait. to. I can't, I'm so glad I picked this kid up. So then as the draft continued, you know, typical stuff, you know, Sutton would go, Brees Hall would go. Cooks, Jacobs, Gibson, right? Waddle. Or actually, Josh Allen went in the fourth round. Or fifth round, excuse me. Josh Allen went uh, middle of the fifth round. And then that kind of led to the quarterback starting to slowly come off the board. Because in the next round, or earlier the fifth or sixth round, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes went. Then as we continued down the list, Lamar Jackson went. Justin Herbert went. And I was getting a little bit nervous, right? I'm seeing these quarterbacks come off the board, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to survive one pick. And this player was eyeing a quarterback. This player before me wanted Justin Herbert, and then the kid before him took it. So I was thinking, okay, the kid before me, my buddy before me is going to take, he's going to take Jalen Hurts. He's going to take a quarterback. I'm hoping he doesn't take Jalen Hurts because I want Jalen Hurts badly. I think he'll be quarterback one this year. I really, really do. 
I think the Eagles have a real shot to be a serious contender in the NFL that not a lot of people are talking about. If you saw my tweet about them on why I think that they could be a sleeper team to win the Super Bowl, it definitely all makes sense. Now, he ended up going with Amari Cooper, and I was like, okay, great. This works out perfectly for me. So it's my back-to-back. I took Michael Thomas and then Jalen Hurts. Now, if I, when, when I would do my mock drafts, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to get Hurts at seven because I know for a fact he would not have fallen to he would not have fallen to me beyond that. I know more quarterbacks can go off the board, so that's more players that could be pushed down to me in later rounds. And Mike Thomas is a guy who I was like, hey, I'm, I'm potentially getting a wide receiver one this late in a draft, and he could potentially finish as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football if he returns to his old self, which might be a reach, but again, you're banking on upside. I'm banking on the fact that Michael Thomas could bounce back and have an incredible year. So, so far, my first seven picks are CMC, Jones, Mark Andrew, Mark Andrews, Travis Etienne, Omar St. Brown, Michael Thomas, and Jalen Hurts. I love all seven of those picks. Absolutely love those seven picks. I don't see a weakness. I'd say the only weakness is if Mike Thomas is either gets hurt or he doesn't play up to his potential. And the same thing could be with like CMC. But again, we're banking on upside here. That's what my draft was all about was upside. I did not want players who I knew would get what they would give me. I wanted players who I did not know what they would give me because that, that you just want upside on your drafts. So as we continued, more normal picks would go. You know, pick after pick after pick after pick. Drake London. Now, the same one of my friends, he took Drake London, middle of the eighth or seventh, eighth round. And it was tough because I was really hoping that Drake London would fall to me. And I also noticed that Chris Godwin was sliding quite a lot too. Chris Godwin went middle of the eighth round as well. And it, it was tough for me to see Chris Godwin fall that much because I know a lot of people don't trust the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers. And I know that Chris Godwin's coming off a knee injury. I get that. But he was just, he was just, he's up for debate to be clear to play in week one this year. So my, my buddy who took him at in the eighth round, mid to late eighth round, he got an absolute steal in my opinion. I think that he got tremendous value with that pick. And then same with my friend who got Drake London. I really wanted London to fall to me because I was hoping that I could pick London and then go with another wide receiver, but he took Drake London, which is a great pick, and I was kind of in a tough spot now. You know what I mean? I needed some wide receivers because I'm taking risks with my wide receivers, so I need wide receiver backup and reserves, right? So luckily, two running backs in Joe Burrow went before my back-to-back picks, so I was happy enough to see that Two wide receivers fell into my lap. The first one I took was Christian Kirk. Now, the reason I took Christian Kirk was thinking that Christian Kirk can be somebody who is potentially, well, we know for a fact he's going to be the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. That's not even up for debate. They paid him a ton of money, a ton of money, made him like the fifth highest paid wide receiver. So they're going to use him. They got to use him. Also, it's Trevor Lawrence's first real wide receiver. To me, Everything is lined up in position for Christian Kirk to have a monster season because if he doesn't have a monster season, it's going to be quite a disappointment. 
So that's why I picked him up. I feel like he's got insane upside, insane potential that we don't really know where it is because of the fact that we don't know how he's going to fit in with Trevor Lawrence and how that's going to all play out. But I think Kirk was a great backup wide receiver, kind of be my wide receiver three. Then I went with Garrett Wilson. Now, this is one of the picks that was a tough one for me. I took Garrett Wilson here. It was a tough one for me because Miles Sanders was still on the board. DeAndre Hopkins was still on the board. Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, Elijah Moore, Chase Edmonds. But when I was looking at the wide receiving group, I thought, hey, like Thielen, Lockett, Olave was still on the board. Julio, you know, there were players still on the board, but my thought process was this. I, I want I want a wide receiver. I want a young wide receiver for, for insane upside. Elijah Moore, yes, I like Elijah Moore, but I just feel like Garrett Wilson has more upside than he does in my in my personal belief. And I like Chris Olave a lot, but I already took Mike Thomas, so I don't want to rely on Chris Olave if I already have Mike Thomas. I understand the point of backup, but if Mike Thomas is healthy and he's balling out, Olave's value is definitely going to drop and you're not going to get much to trade him. So I thought, A.J. Dillon, well, I have Aaron Jones. I'd be kind of stupid again to double up. So I just took Garrett Wilson here. Not really my my most proud pick, but a pick that nonetheless I'm happy with. So as the draft continued, um, it came to my back-to-back, right? My back-to-back again with, I believe, my 12th, with my 11th and 12th pick in my back-to-back. I was like, okay. So I got four wide receivers. I got three running backs. I need some running back. I need more running back depth, right? But not only do I need more running back depth, I like potential now. I was going all potential. I'm going all they, all these players got is upside. All these all these players got are high ceiling. I didn't really pick anybody else that had a solid floor, which could be a issue, but I don't think it will be. I ended up going with Kenneth Walker the third, and I went with I went with Damian Pierce. I felt like Kenneth Walker's injury is a hernia. To me, that's not a major, major issue. He could still be ready for week two, maybe week three, potentially week one, right? And with Damian Pierce, I've only been hearing great things out of Texas about how they like him, how they're glad, they, you know, how they love the kid, how he's been doing great in camp, all that good stuff. So I took those two guys thinking that those are two potentials, two players with a lot of potential to blossom into something that who knows maybe I have five great running backs and then that gives me the ability to trade some right that maybe that allows me to trade Aaron Jones and Damian Pierce if Pierce is popping off right it gives me some more leverage some more assets that many people maybe wouldn't have taken because they didn't they you know they don't know his where he'll end up that's the thing it's a risk then as the draft continued you know things continued and one pick that was taken that kind of pissed me off because I really wanted this kid. I should have known he wouldn't have made it, but it was either between him or a running back. And I thought, hey, you got to go with the running back here. Um, I wanted George Pickens so bad. I wanted Pickens insanely bad, but my buddies took him with one beginning of the twelfth round, so I really wouldn't have had a shot to probably get him. So as it continued, the draft continued. I ended up taking Sky Moore for Kansas City. I took Sky Moore. I know right now he's on wide receiver, the wide receiver four. 
um, in Kansas City, but he has potential to be that Tyree Kill type player. Extremely fast. He's a deep threat demon, right? This kid has a lot of potential. A lot of potential. He's a second round pick, so I doubt that they won't be using him at all. You know what I mean? If you're drafting a kid in the second round, I bet he gets reps, especially over people like Nicole Hardman, who, to me personally, hasn't showed anything. For somebody who's been in Kansas City for as long as he has with Mahomes, he's not really put up very good numbers. So I wouldn't doubt seeing Sky Moore maybe take a step in that direction. And then I was looking at the draft, the rest of the draft board, and I was thinking, hey, there's nobody I really want here. I'm sure that these other players will fall that I want. You know what I mean? There's, re- there's really nobody else I want on my team. I was content with my team. So I ended up taking McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals. I was like, hey, I'm going to get the best kicker this year on probably one of the most elite offenses this year. Why wouldn't I take him? Right? Of course I'm going to take him. So I took him. Was it a reach? Probably. Right? Probably dropped him a little bit early considering the next kicker didn't go till middle of that round. But I thought nonetheless... You need to get a kicker because, let's just be real here, if you don't have a good kicker, it, there, there is an advantage to having a great kicker. Then um, I went with my last back-to-back, I went with Tolbert, this Tolbert character from, his name is Jalen Tolbert, and he's a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I took him was because he, right now, he's the wide receiver two in Dallas with Michael Gallup injured, with Washington injured. I felt that we needed to draft somebody who has, again, high, high upside. And I could potentially see this kid having a great year, an insane year, considering that if he can maybe carve out a spot for him, maybe has a chance, maybe if he pops off, you can trade him later. I thought that he has potential to boom or bust this week, and that's why I took him. And he was a third-round pick, so he's, it's not like he's not going to be on the team. It's not like they're going to want to develop him. And then with basically my final pick before my defense, which my defense was the Baltimore Ravens, was the only one available at the last pick in the draft, I took Kenneth Gainwell. And the reason I took Kenneth Gainwell for this pure reason that if Miles Sanders gets hurt, I'm going to take Kenneth Gainwell because Kenneth Gainwell, to me, will be the starting running back if Miles Sanders gets hurt. And right now, Miles Sanders is questionable with a hamstring injury. So if Miles Sanders is already questionable, that is a great sign for me with Kenneth Gainwell. So as the league wrapped up, we finished the draft, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, the first thing you check is final stands projections, right? I know final standard projections don't really amount to anything. They don't really matter as much. Because you never really know. This is fantasy football. Injuries happen. Nothing stays the way it usually is. But my team ended up finishing first out of all 10 teams, which I was, that's the first time I've done that, which I'm proud of. Because usually I draft pretty bad, but this year I feel like I had my best draft ever. I feel like I drafted insanely well. And I'm tied with one of my friends at 44% chance to make the playoffs, which are, were both the highest ones in the league to make the playoffs and him and I are in first and second in our in this league so I think that my team came out perfectly this is exactly how I wanted my team to pan out my bench there's really only one player with a floor and that's Christian Kirk with on my bench other than him it's all potential it's all high upside players a lot of risk 
But hey, you got to go balls to the wall, man. High risk, high reward. You got to do it. So that was my fantasy football league draft. I told you guys I'd let you guys know about it. And that was my team. I think I, I think I did a great job drafting. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with a Patriots recap podcast of their final preseason game tonight against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I don't currently know if starters are going to be playing. I hope starters will be playing because, I, you know what I mean? I, you just want to see them out there playing. But I doubt that we will. But definitely something to look forward to. And then we'll go over that tomorrow. So without further ado, guys, we'll see you then. Peace.